Howdy out there, it is me, the Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with a very special occasion. It is a live play game podcast with me and a group of friends that you may have heard if you've ever listened to the podcast. Maybe. Uh, there are no gar- golden nardies allowed in this, which has come to the great dismay of some present at the podcast. Um, but without further ado, I think it would be great if we introduced everybody at the table. So, uh, I guess that's you, the golden nardy himself. Growl! It's Rygra, coming at ya. Got all my nardies in hand. They're not golden, but I am holding on to them. Say <laughs> out here. No nardies in tow, but I'm here. It's Greg. <laughs> 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 and it's Sarah. Hello. Okay. Well, that was kind of a lackluster descendant in that one. Um, I'm going to be detracting some HP for that uh, bold display. But um, oh, no, I'm dead. so, <laughs> so uh, to start off this podcast, it's a bit of an introductory episode. But we're going to start off with some important deets about the system we're using, about the episodes and whatnot. This campaign, I've titled it the Wayward Campaign, is going to be something more of a sandboxy sort of approach to it. Uh, we're playing the system Old School Essentials by Necrotic Games. I mean, Necrotic Gnome Games. Uh, and it is an old school system. It's an AD&D clone. It's a system that focuses on that old school style gameplay. And for the majority of people out there who are used to listening to the games that are played in more of like a 5th edition sort of style, this game system may be a little bit of a surprise to you. There are some rules that are very different, but for the most part, the rules are pretty similar. The one big difference that I think these guys are going to learn is that this game does not take prisoners, and it is not very friendly to those who make mistakes. So... Uh, without further ado, um, if we could get some characters, uh, Ryan, what do you got for characters? So I'm coming to the table with uh, the squire, Cynthia Ugraust. Uh She is a knight who uh, is going to do knightly things and probably get murdered. Preferably in the daytime, mm. not, not the nighttime. Yep, I get it. Um, and then I also have... Brasal Shineshield, a paladin, who is going to do paladin things and probably get murdered. I mean, probably. Again, it's the name of the game. This is just a revenge episode for all the times you guys didn't come to the podcast. I'm just going to one by one kill all of you with a roof trap. So, anyway. Coming to you live. Action Willy, the thief. (laughs) And Seth is also playing uh, Cleric Golo. (laughs) Yes, Golo. I'm Golo. So, Ricky Lay here. Uh, I said Ricky Lay here, didn't I? <laughs> Ricky Lay he here with the fighter. You a little nervous, Greg? I'm a little. I'm a little sweaty right now. There's a lot of pressure. There's mics. Too much cameras. <laughs> These we have pizza. pizza sweats. The, the, the feds are following me and tracking me. So listen, there's a lot put going out there right now. Very good. And then who's the other character other than Ricky Lay he? The I fighter? have Welby Tosscobble, the halfling. <laughs> He's an OG from He's back He's an OG, in... very famous character. It's going to really suck when I kill him off. How much health did he have? He has four health, you know. Okay, he can well, take a couple hits. I like the name Tosscobble. Three, than... three more than action, Willie. Really. Yeah, <laughs> that's more than both your characters combined. combined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm playing Llewellyn, uh, an illusionist. Um, and he has one spell, and that is hypnotism. So, you know. I'm sure it's going to work out It's going to work out great. And then I have Dink Dink, my dwarf. Um, 
He's just a little little dorky guy. Think think he doesn't talk much. He just goes and like enjoys things. All right, I didn't ask for his life story. I'm you know him off I'm just glad me. he enjoys things. That his life is <laughs> you know, a continuous living hell. <laughs> that's nice. As a listener at home, I approve that. That makes me feel like happy. Content. But anyway, so the campaign at hand takes place in the campaign setting that we've been uh, describing up to this point with the various episodes of the podcast in the previous season. Um, but now, in the Wayward campaign, the party of characters are all from the homeland of Artaria, which is a continent to the south, and to the north of that, uh, across a small session of ocean, is the continent known as Basparum. Basparum is a pretty typical medieval land, um, but it's land that is fruitful with lots of uh, raw materials and lots of lands to uh, really to sort of grow an empire on. And so for that reason, three separate empires kind of have their eyes on it, uh, these empires are the Denarian kings, the Empire of Aras, and the warrior queen Falsira herself. Now, the party has been kicked out of Artaria because the warrior queen Falsira overthrew their original government and has since kicked everybody out into exile, suggesting that anybody who would not carry the same name or banner as her would be forced out, and if they would like to fight for their lands, they may fight her, but because of the power of her barbarian army, it did not seem like a very good idea for anybody present. And so for that reason, the party finds themselves on a series of boats crossing the sea to the new lands of Basparum. Um, <clears throat> the party themselves has heard, have heard rumors that there's a lot of work to be done here, and this is one of the only places in Basparum that openly welcomes uh, uh, adventurers and the mercenary class of citizens. Uh, the barony that they are going to be traveling to is Greloria, and Greloria is ruled by the Baron Grellis. Uh, he was an adventurer at one point in his life and has sort of earned himself the title of being a, a king that doesn't get messed with, but as of late, there's been quite an outcropping of banditry, there's been an outcropping of uh, just monsters, evil things, and there's hints and rumors of a being known as the Shadowed One that has been kind of spiking up in whispered hushes across the land. But the party find themselves um, on a couple of small um, port towns uh, to the south of Basparum, at the bottom of this barony, and they are going to be headed as a group to the nearest settlement in hopes of finding work or in hopes of earning a name for themselves so that someday, maybe, somehow, they could either find a home here in the barony of Gloria, or maybe find a way to get back home to, to our Artaria and maybe find a way to buy some land or find a way back to their homeland. But in any case, uh, we start off our campaign with the party approaching uh, a very classic module, Gygaxian one, as the party are going to probably be heading up the southern shore across the coastline, trying to head for Restenford, which is where um, the uh, barony's capital is. And they're hoping to maybe accrue some coin along the way. It just seems sensical to do such a thing, since people don't really have much money to their name. But without further ado, uh, I would like to read the introduction for the module, the village of Homlet, as the party are going to be entering the small village itself. <clears throat> so, your party is now approaching the village of Homlet. Having ridden up, uh, ridden up from lands of the wild coast, you are poorly mounted, badly equipped, and have no large sums of cash. In fact, 
All of you have what uh, is what you wear and what you ride, plus the few coins that are hidden in purses and pockets. What you do possess in quantity, though, is daring and a desire to become wealthy and famous. Thus, your group comes to Hamlet to learn if it, this is indeed a place for adventurers to seek their fortunes. You all hope, of course, to gain riches and make names for yourselves. What the outcome of this will be is uncertain, but your skill and daring, along with a good measure of luck, will be the main ingredient of what follows, be it for weal or woe. The small community at the crossroads is a completely unknown quantity. What is there? Who will be encountered? Where to go? These are your first explorations and encounters, so chance may dictate as much as intelligence does. Will outsiders be shunned? Are reports of the whole community engaging in evil practices true? Are the folk here bumpkins, easily duped? Does a curse uh, lay upon those who dare to venture into the lands which were once uh, the temples? All of these questions will soon be answered. The dusty rutted road. Jesus Christ. The dusty. <laughs> the dusty rutted road is lined with closely grown hedges of brambles and shrubs. Here and there, it cuts through a copse of. Uh, uh, it cuts through a crop. You know? There's, you know, Ryan, I'm not going to say making faces at me helps read this, but I will say for everybody who's going to be listening to this podcast and thank you for the fact that I have to read this part again, a cops or God, <laughs> take it from the top and I'm in his head. Folks. The dusty rutted road is lined with closely grown hedges of brambles and shrubs. Here and there, it cuts through a copse or crosses a rivulet. To either hand, forest and meadow have given way to field and orchard. A small herd of kine graze by, and a distant hill is dotted with the white of a flock of sheep. Ahead are thatched roofs and stone chimneys with thin plumes of blue smoke rising from there. A road angles west into the hill country there, and to either side of the road ahead are barns and buildings. Hamlet at last. The adventure begins. And so with that, the party is going to be entering the town. So before we really get into the thick of it, I do want to get uh, just a rough feel for characters here. Who thinks that their characters are going to be looking just to get money? Who's looking to actually make a name for themselves? Or is it kind of a mix for everybody? Well, I think... Uh... Cynthia cares more about her renown than she does the actual money of it all. Um, So she's looking to sort of make a name for herself so that she can officially become a knight and be recognized by some sort of leadership position. Mm. Whereas uh, Rasal doesn't really care how renowned he is. He's mostly in it to try and uh, do as much good as possible while also if he comes across any riches, giving it to people who are in need and less fortunate. Ah, so he's lawful stupid. Yes, as very, always. Very good, very good. Very smart. I so, like that play. is it pretty much the uh, same general vibe that everybody else is pretty much in it for money and renown? Uh, Golo's probably in it more to like Oh, for piety and goodness too. From, yeah, for the thing about Wobie, he's, he's in it just for himself. He wants some money, he wants a little bit of a little bit of bling bling for himself. Yeah, actually, Willie wants that coin. <laughs> I feel like Sorry, Brian. Just, like, very simple in his motivations, and he's just like kind of found a group that he's like kind of happy with, and he's just pottering along, and he gets some money and he gets some cool things, but he's not overwhelmingly motivated by either. It's gonna be a shame when he dies. Yeah, oh, he's, he's, he's already a fan favorite. He's already got. A, <laughs> He's the feel-good story we all needed to crash and burn. 
Ricky um, Leahy, formerly known as Ricky Leher, um, <laughs> just likes killing things and just, just the brute force of it, and that's his thing. That's, so he's chaotic, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes to break stuff. He's just, he's an angry fellow. So does Action Willie have something? Oh, Action Willie already said. He's in it for the coin. Oh, that's yeah. true. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just like to keep the action willy up in the forefront of the game. That that's uh, that's important for me. You want to get everyone attached to their characters <clears throat> so that you feel rewarded when they all die. I mean, that's why I'm here. Yep. I'm your dungeon master. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the party's going to be meandering into town. Do we? And so it's going to be the eight of you guys as a group. So my question for you then is: Are you all going to be traveling in in any particular sort of? I don't say marching order, but is there a general? Like a, a layout to the party? Is there sort of like a grouping? Anybody in the front? Somebody acts as kind of like the speaker well, to the group? So Llewellyn has like a fur cloak and a nice robes and hat and boots. So he kind of like thinks pretty highly of himself. He's very much like a, you know, we should, you know, I should be the face because uh, people will respect well. Like will respond well to my, I don't know. Good looks. Good Ganesh. looks. And like, you know, I'm an illusionist, so I can't really, but I, you know. Whereas Dink Dink's just going to be wandering around like a five-year-old at Target, like, ooh, ah, ooh, like... Hiding in clothes like, racks, like, popping oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say Welby is more towards the front, mainly focusing more of his time on curling his mustache than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ricky, like, he's just, he's just swirling, swirling his, um... <laughs> you have flail. Yeah, you just have your weapon out. You're just, He's just swirling. I'm just, it's like a you know, yo-yo, you know. Yeah, just swinging my deadly yeah, weapon. Deadly of weapon. Death. Yeah, it's like a kid with a Glock, just spinning around on his finger in the street. Talking about like school and stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Bolo's just next to him, letting him know, y'all, you shouldn't do that with the flail. I feel like <laughs> not that we've ever done. This the, is how you hold the flail. Not that we've ever done the Village of Homelet quest before. Not that we've ever had a certain group of people at the table already tried this and die within the first 10 minutes of entering the village for openly wearing the colors of an oppositional force i'm not saying that that's ever happened before but greg put away the flail right now <laughs> action <laughs> willie's just going to be in the middle of the pack uh hiding yeah. behind people i think dark <laughs> action cartwheeling around behind people <laughs> i think Rasal's probably going to be up front because he's kind of like a salt of the earth kind of people he was a farmer himself, so like he sort of likes to think of himself as like being able to come in and sort of just talk with the common folk. Indeed, a cabbage patch kid, if you will. I, I know the people. Although I think I'm gonna make Rasal probably like in his late forties or fifties. He's gonna be old as fuck. I know the people listening can't see it, but for the people here, just to get like a facial. This is good podcast. Really great, really great <laughs> yeah. pictures that you drew. I mean, what I'm, what I'm thinking I'm going to do is I'm going to scan character sheets, and then what I can do is I can put them on like a uh, like a Google Doc, and then present that for the podcast because I can put in the blurb. That way, people can look at the materials and read the wonderfully dead sheets and stuff. So. You best know that I'm going home and I'm printing off a picture of Ricky. And I'm putting it on here. <laughs> just Google, just slap it on there, a little flail on his end. Um, okay, but yeah. So with that, um, so who's the front line? We've got. It looks Llewellyn. like it's Llewellyn and Rasal. Okay, so as cool. party like meanders into the uh, into the village proper, you guys start walking in, and you come to a bit of a crossroads where there's a small section of cottages that lead to the left, and if you continue straight down the road, you'll be going past a couple of bigger buildings, heading towards what appears to be sort of a village center. Um, but as you guys are heading down and sort of heading down towards the village proper, uh, an old man sort of rushes up to one of the windows on the front of his house, 
and he's about 30 feet off the road from you guys, but he puts his face up to the window and leaves a big breathy mark on it, and he rushes out to the door and, like, kicks it open, and this crotchety old man comes running out, and he yells out, and he says, You dang adventurers! You're not welcome! Hail and well met. He says, Well met my rear end! Get out! Moby scuffles as he continues to twist his mustache. Very good, right? Oh. I'm like scuffles. You know what? <laughs> like a crab. I thought you were talking shit for a second, so I was about to come at you. No, no, no. The hands in front of your mouth. That hard to hear you. Okay. Oh. So anyway, so anyway, yeah. So Welby scuffles and scoffs past. But with that, the old man like starts waggling a finger and takes a couple steps out to his front yard's fence. And he hangs over it like a barking dog, and he yells out, he says, Hey, listen to me! I said you're not welcome. Not one, not two, not all. Be gone! So, uh, what's your problem with adventurers? And who's saying that? I guess Brasolve. <laughs> so it's just Brasolve, okay. And so with that, uh, he says, Adventurers do nothing but stir up problems. That's why we've got all the bandits. That's why we've got all this stuff. You come in with your flashy gear and your coin, and you make farmers like us look like a bunch of rich people, and then they come in to steal our goods. This is why the roads aren't safe, and this is why our village is in shambles. Hmm. Well, sounds like you had some pretty poor adventurers beforehand, but... Maybe, uh, maybe we can do right by you. He says, do right, do left, turn around, go away. Well, it's, it's three left that we'd have to do. Oh, I'm glad you can count. And all of a sudden you hear a loud bumbling, thumping footsteps coming out of the house, and you hear somebody come running, and breaching the threshold is a six and a half foot tall mammoth of a human man, and he just bursts out and he yells, wearing his overalls, one strap on, one strap off, looking drunk as a skunk, and he just comes bumbling out, and he says, Hey, Paul! What are you doing? And he just comes running out to the fence by you guys, and he stops dead in his tracks, and he says, Oh, wow. You guys adventurers? That's right, little boy. <laughs> I'm this many! And he holds up three fingers on either hand. Llewellyn's gonna, like, do a very kind of Flourishy bow. I mean, not bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are, we are, we are um, scuffling and tying um, bows. And he's gonna, like, you know, like, move his cloak aside and, like, bow down and pretend, you know, and be, you know, very, like, I am Llewellyn, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know. So um, this large burping fellow stops dead in his tracks and looks at you like you just did some sort of, like, witchcraft in front of him. And he stands back agape with his eyes wide open. And you can tell he's a little mildly cross eyed. From, like, now his eyes are way open, and he's like, Whoa! That's a cool cape! Thank you. It's, uh, stitched from the finest fur of the finest otter. And her children. Just one. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> a nice little otter napkin in the fur. Hand, like... <laughs> yes, my um, otter pauldrons. Otter and baby otters. And so with that, he says, Oh, I never met an otter. That's pretty cool, I guess. Hey, you like beer? Mm, I prefer wine. The old man looks up at the, the bumbling fellow and he says, Elmo, you're not having any more beer. You're drunk already. And he says, well, I would ask you. It's about like noon, Perfect. midday. And so he yells and he says, huh, if they won't buy me beer, they'll buy me beer. And he looks over at you guys dumbly and the old man meets his gaze on you guys. And they both look at you with this weird look of like waiting for your response to this. 
I mean, I have wine. I think Cynthia is gonna challenge the ogre to one on one combat. Back, beast! I will save you, poor farmer! <laughs> okay, so, this <laughs> so anyway, apart from these uh, madness dreams that, that Cynthia has, with that he looks forward at you guys and he says, Can I? I'll show you where you get a beer. Actually, does a flip off the fence. <laughs> oh my so god, he he's runs. Does he have to roll for this? Could he die? Uh, what's your dexterity score? Oh my god. <laughs> 15. Okay, so Action Willie runs out from behind everybody and just like puts his feet down, firmly planted in front of the fence post, and just rockets to a sweet backflip off the fence post and lands it with perfect poise. And the old man immediately starts swinging his little bristly hands at you, and he's like, "Get my property!" Uh, and Elmo will buy you a drink. And then Elmo starts clapping his hands. He's like, "I'm going him, pa." Well, we stop. Uh, Stacks up with his coin bag. <laughs> well, behind first, and just jiggles it by his hip. Actually, really takes that it. That is the strangest <laughs> thing to do to a six-year-old Why is he a six-year-old child? You said he was. He's thirty-three, well, man. He three plus three is thirty-three. That, that, that's Greg math right there. You just did. <laughs> Two kinds of math here, man. No, no. You're telling me a six-year-old, six-five? Six, yeah. Six six six. It's a magical fantasy realm. Who am I to judge? <laughs> hey man, live your own fantasies. Um, okay. So with that, he comes running past. And he grabs. Thought it was an ogre. And he grabs Action <laughs> Willie by the hand, and he starts running down the road. He says, "Bye, pa." And then the old man just starts yelling, and he goes back inside and slams the door. And uh, with that, Elmo is in the front, holding on to Action Willie's hand. And he just says, so I'm going to show you where I got the best beer, because there's some beer in town, but it tastes like frogs. Um, that, that beer's in the pond. It's not really beer. It's more just old pond water. But I got a good place to get beer. You won't even get sick. Oh, Action Willie does not want that frog beer. He says, it's a good idea. Oh, yeah, me neither. So anyway, as I was saying, I found a cool frog the other day down in the pond. Just one? Yeah. So anyway, here's my beer. And he just points to this in up on the uh, the center here. And you guys can see that there's a small cropping of uh, large buildings out here. And they seem to be like businesses. You can smell like a leather worker's house. You can see, uh, hear the sounds of metal being tinked by some sort of a blacksmith out on the corner. Um, but the largest building out here is what appears to be an inn. You can see a large wooden sign up front with a large and buxom looking lady hanging off with her breastuses hanging out on the sign. And the sign Ooh. beneath says, Inn of the Welcome Wench. And so with that, you guys uh, can see that Elmo is pointing eagerly to go in like a small child looking to go into Disney World. So Let's go, Elmo. So with that, Elmo goes rushing in and slams the door wide open and just runs up to the bar. Also, Brasol's going to hang back and tidy up the fence that action will let you flip off of. Well, no, you didn't break it or anything. I, in fact, it's a really dexterous maneuver. <laughs> I warn you, if you stay back there, you're probably going to get hurt. Perfect. I don't think that that's a perfect situation. Ding <laughs> mean, Ding's um, going to run after Elmo like a little mini Elmo. Like, yeah! And then Llewellyn's not going inside. This place is disgusting and he's not going in there. So he will wait outside. This is Ricky Leahy's place. 
Very good, Grinch. Golo agrees with you. Like, this is... Oh, oh. So, no. Roby also goes in there mainly just to, to watch the simple folk walk around. Okay. Um, and so as you guys wander in, who's the first one to enter? Like, who's going to be sort of the party face oh, for this? Who's holding Elmo's hand? Well, he got uh, random. He just let go of action. He just oh. ran for it. But as the party sort of enters, figuring this is I mean, like Dick, a Dick place to go. I mean, Dick should not be the face of the party, but I am going to say that he's like running in there like a kid. Like, Oh, well, easy there, Dick, Dick. Actually, actually, really think someone else should go first. I mean, it should not be Dick, Dick, because he talks by hitting his hammer on his shield, so... I just move my hands fast near his face, distract him. <laughs> ding ding swings for action. Ding <laughs> <laughs> ding. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Cynthia's probably gonna stay outside, and I guess Rosal will go in, but he wasn't gonna go first. He was mostly going in the chaperone. Okay. Um, right. So in that case, is there some, is Welby going in? I guess Welby will go in first. Right. Does he have a reaction bonus on encounters? Encounters? Yeah, I, uh, I do. Yes, I have a plus one. Oh, damn. See, that's why you did. So Welby wanders in. Oof. And, okay. So he walks in, and Welby this dies. bar is a pretty decent size. It's like a 40 feet across and like 30 feet deep. There's a series of tables, probably six of them, rounded tables with a bunch of chairs around them. Because it's about midday, it seems like the only people who are in here are people who either can't work or people who are purely lazy, but it seems like the major workforce is going to be out for a few more hours. So this seems to be more the regular crowd inside of here. There's a hearth in the back corner, but beside the hearth, because the wall's kind of like uh, sconce in a little bit, um, there's a couple of little like uh, booths in the back corners besides the uh, by the hearth, as well as a stairwell that loops up behind one of those booths. But in the corner, by one of those booths, is a man wearing all black clothing, and he seems to be kind of like shrunken on himself. But as you guys enter in and Elmo goes running across the room to the big long bar, um, you can see people start to scamper out of his way and start to run to the sides to get out of his lumbering and bouncing uh, oafishness. And when you guys get up to the counter, uh, Welby is the first one who peruses up to the counter next and walks up and approaches, sits down on one of the bar stools and sees a large woman who seems like she could probably put the smack down pretty good. She's like... 250 like she's a big woman and she is big and strong looking like she's seen quite a few fights in her day but as you guys enter and elmo slaps down to the table she turns to elmo and she says somebody will let you in here is somebody buying you beer and looks over and sees welby sit down near him and with that she looks over at you and she lifts an eyebrow and she says oh one of the wee folk what's a halfling doing out here Half of what's doing out here is none of your business. I'm just here for a simple drink. <laughs> and with that, well, she... Well, he mainly walked in here just to look at people and watch it. He's not here to be talking to people. Fair enough. Okay, well, with that, she says, well, your business is your own, and I'll respect that. You rolled really well on a reaction check, by the way. She wants to help you. So when you come in, you're like, shut up, lady. She's like, he's so cute. I'm playing my character. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying the numbers helped you. But with that, um, she says, she says, okay, well, we don't get many of your kind out here. She says... Are there others with you? And the rest of the party is slowly kind of venturing in as well. I kind of nod my head towards the door. And so with that, she says, a round of drinks? It says, I'll buy the first one. And she says, uh, how many drinks am I pouring? Yeah, how many people I have one. I brought so two of my characters went in. Seems so like it's going to be nine drinks, because it's the whole gaggle. Yeah, actually, Willie rolls up and he's like, oh, fair enough. it'll be ten drinks. Jesus Christ. 
Okay, it'll be two gold pieces. Dink Dink wants a drink, but Dink Dink wants a drink drink. He can drink from the water. That's the only other thing. That's the only thing he can drink. Right from the trough. Right over the horse trough. Wait, that's our mascot. He's a chicken, right? He's not a chicken, he's a dwarf. Same thing. Anyway, um, so with that, she takes the gold pieces and she brings over a bunch of wooden mugs. Hold on, did you tip? Yep. Yeah. I'll give him a tip. How did we <laughs> Alright, so anyway. Uh, yeah, alright, how do we know that was coming? Um, and so with that, the. Uh, Go ahead, Halfling. Mount the 250 pound woman. <laughs> so, anyway. My first or my last. You know, this is an explicit podcast and I'm glad we have it that way, but let's not dive into it. <laughs> Head first or tip first, whichever one. Um, well, that's all he can give us the tip. Oh. It's all tip. But anyway, um, the party sits down at the bar and she starts handing out uh, a bunch of uh, drinks and starts handing them out to wherever people are. Is there any sort of locations where people are going to be sitting in particular in the in the bar apart from at the actual bar itself? No, I want to. I want wait. No, yeah, yeah. No, Dink Dink wants to sit on the bar. His legs are like swinging off the chair a little bit. He's like up there. Okay. Is anybody just like taking a table or something like that? Or uh, Action Willie's gonna kind of find the darkest table and go sit over there to drink. Okay, so the one apart from the uh, guy in all black. Ricky goes towards where the beer is. I'll be put down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. Yep. Rastal's gonna position himself in a way that he can just keep an eye on everybody. Sure. You can the, the party. If you go to the dark back corner where action went, that that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. Um, and everybody else just gets into trouble. Everybody just pops over at the bar. So we have how many characters outside? I think three? it's Golo oh. and Llewellyn outside. And um, Cynthia. And Cynthia. So three players outside. Okay. So the drinks are getting passed around. There's a few extras left over. And I guess those are free for whomever to drink, but... A- action, make sure to slide a second one to Dink Dink. Yeah, I give him a little... little Elmo takes an extra one without fist. even asking. Just a little Dink Dink on my shield. Rasal was going to give it to the dude and drink or sit by himself, but that's fine too. Oh, no, no, there's still one left over. Oh, yeah, so Rasal will just bring the extra one over because that's the closest table and that's what he would do. Okay, so as you go and do that, and you hand the drink over to the man in the dark... We, uh... It looks like we ordered one more than we should have, so here you go, bud. He looks at it. He, like, kind of comes out of the darkness of the corner, and you can see his face is sort of, I don't want to say riddled with scars, but, like, he definitely, he's got a face that looks aged, and one that's not aged because he's old, but more that he's seen a lot of combat and seen a lot of things. And so he leans over, and he smells the beer, and he reclines back. He lifts the tankard up with one hand and just, like, guzzles it in one drop and slams it down on the table. He says... It's piss. It's gross. Give me something real. And he slides it back to you. Yeah, if we order something real, I'll bring that over too. What's your last servant die off? What? Nothing, just that guy. It's an idiom, you know? Like, put your last servant die off. So anyway, back to the rest of the... <laughs> You've never heard that before! Yeah, you no. do it all the time! Like if someone asks, Okay, so anyway... Fine, moving on. And so that he shoves the tankard back across the table to you. Hold on, I need to Google that idiom. <laughs> like if you ask... No, we're not Googling idioms. Like, what's your last servant die off? Like, you know, why are we why talking about idioms? I Let's just... Carry on. I get it now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's check it out. <laughs> yes, I hear it all the time. So anyway, <laughs> back to the game. Um, uh, here in America, we don't talk about servants very often. <laughs> right, I'm from a classist society, okay? Dang. Um, so anywho, apart from the Brexit display, uh, what are we doing now? Is there anything going on outside? 
No. Okay. Um, oh, are you talking about from Llewellyn's perspective, the yeah. three of them that are out there? Yeah. yeah. So as you guys are out there, a woman comes kind of like marching up and she seems to be frazzled and like yelling a bit and like kind of throwing her hands about. And she starts marching straight up to the front door to the place. And as she makes it right up to the front door to the welcome wench, she stops, turns on one heel and walks back up to the three of you guys. And she says, I'm sorry, I hate to do this to you, but I'm trying to look for something that's been missing. Um, my husband, uh, the good for nothing, dirty... A uh, dirty, terrible man that he is. Uh, I can't seem to find him. And knowing him, he's at one of three places. Either he's at a pawn shop trying to sell some of my family heirlooms, or he's drunk, or he's trying to get some action with some floozies. So my question is, because you're out here, have you seen a bald man who looks like he's up to no good and looks like a useless sack of manure? Ask him for a friend. Are there any more distinguishing features? My lady. He's fat, and he looks like a waste of space. Is he uh, about this tall? And Cynthia puts up to like 6'5"? No. Tall. She says no. I feel like that could have been at least one redeeming quality about him. Nope, he's a, just a short, repugnant little man. You've not seen him? Haven't seen any frog people, Don't though. think so. She says, that's good, that's good. Frog people, you must have met him at one point. But either way, she says, well, thank you for your time. Guess I'm just gonna go in here and try to find him. And so she meanders past you guys, and everybody inside the inn can see this woman come slamming in, and she starts yelling out, and she says, Adoran, where are you? Starts looking around, and everybody turns their head, but everybody starts shaking their head as if they've heard this speech a couple times before already. And she starts asking around at different tables if they've seen the man, and nobody seems to have seen him. And so finally she comes up to the bar over by uh, Welby and the gang, and she says, have you guys seen a waste of space, bald man who looks like he's up to no good? Probably flaunting jewelry that's not his? Maybe asking if where you can find some action? Well, he says, I've seen a lot of those, but can you be more specific? And she looks at you with like a look as if maybe she just found an answer to her problems. And she says, oh, yeah, well, his name is Adoran. Uh, he, the necklace that he has is gold with an opal pendant on the front of it, and it's my necklace. But he's probably drunk. He's about five foot five. Is he one of the men you've been talking about? I don't believe so. She says, oh, okay, well, I hope you weren't just saying that trying to humor me or something. Maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. And she looks at you with a ter terrifying little a little bit of a, a, a scowl, and she says, As well be swinging his feet, by the way. So I just want that to be known. <laughs> <laughs> the two of us just swinging our feet on the thing like, <laughs> And so with that, she just kind of crosses her arms in front of herself, and she says, You've got some nerve talking to somebody you don't know like that. She says, this is the reason why nobody likes some mercenaries like you. Probably here looking to make some coin and blow out of here. You're no better than him. Do not respond. Dink, dink. And she kind of scoffs. <laughs> and she I say dink, dink, it's okay. <laughs> and she leans on one of her hips and she looks over at Elmo and she says, Elmo, you do better than hanging out with people like this. And Elmo just looks over and he says, they got me beers. Toom. And then with that, she looks back at you guys and she she said, Was he drunk when he came in here? Well, it looks like he's always been a little off. Right. Okay. Good to know. So then she walks over past you guys and walks over to the hearth and she sees uh, you two sitting in the corner, right? Action and, uh, yep, and bristle. And she walks over and she says, I'm sorry. I hate to do this to you, but I've been looking everywhere and it seems like nobody in here is of any use or any sort of help. And the two short ones over there ain't help to anybody. 
Have you seen my husband? Thanks for making me seem like a useless sack of shit, Greg. <laughs> Alright, we could have high-fived over it, but you gotta be that way. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, does Bressel have a uh, bonus to reactions? Yeah. What do we got? Plus why. Okay. So with that, she seems kind of almost warmed up to you, as if coming over to you has comforted her a little bit. But she asked if you've seen her husband. Um, nah, I can't say I've seen him, unfortunately. She says, listen, I don't mean to make assumptions, but I'm guessing just because the, the way that you look, it wouldn't surprise me if you were some sort of a mercenary. And now, I hate to be the person to ask this sort of thing, but can you please keep an eye on him? Like, just look out for him, tell me if you find anything or anything like that, if you're going to be in town for a while. I know everybody's sort of been in town ever since Rufus and Byrne have been sort of outsourcing to mercenaries looking to help with this bandit issue, but... If you see him at any point when you're in town, or if you're traveling around, if you go to Knoll or the crossroads, she says, please, just just get my necklace back. She says, I don't care what happens to him. This is the last straw. He's been spending all my money. Just, if you find him, just at least get the necklace. Is there, what kind of necklace is it? It's a golden necklace with an opal pendant on it. It's a family heirloom. His name's Andorin, right? Adorin. Is there a chance he could have got grabbed by these bandits I keep hearing about? She says, probably not. He's a bit of a, a rough-and-tumble guy. They know he's not useful for anything. They know he doesn't have any money besides what I have, but well, I nobody knows, really knows uh, about that. Flaunt so. jewelry, so... Well, this would be the jewelry's flaunting, so if that's the case, then I guess... Well, yeah, then I guess they... the You know, I never even thought of it that way. I guess the thieves may have taken it from him. But... Well, I'm a servant of Deleos first, but I do do some adventuring on the side, so I'll keep an eye out for him if I come across the necklace or your seemingly layabout husband in my travels. I'll return one or both. So she smiles to both action and to uh, to Bristol, and she says blessings of the five to both of you. Blessings of the five. And so with that, she turns and she leaves and walks out the front. And walks past all you guys again. And then she starts meandering down the road. But with that... So at this point, you guys are all still in the inn. And Elmo sort of turns uh, burping and drunkenly towards the uh, towards Welby and Dink Dink. And he looks back and forth at you guys. <laughs> and he says... He says... So anyway, why are you guys here? What are you doing? Passing through, maybe looking for work, maybe just trying to find something, maybe just staying here for a night. Oh, yeah, my pa says that people who come here for work are good for nothing, useless people who are just trying to take advantage of honest working folk like myself. Um, but I don't know if that's true. Do you take, do you take advantage of good, honest, hardworking folk? Like himself. <laughs> like myself. <laughs> I would say that, I would say we provide more of a service that... A lot of the folk like yourself normally don't want to do. That sounds like snake oil to me. But anywho, he says, well, he only you know. drinks frog oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, freshly squeezed. But with that, he, uh, he, yeah. So he turns to you guys again and he says, well, you know, there's been a lot of trouble out here. And I gotta tell you, if there's a fight going on, I ain't far from it. If those bandits show up in town, whoa, I'll tell you what, I'll give them a good chop, chop, chop. Kick, kick, kick. He starts like swinging his big gangly arms all around in the air. And with that, the innkeeper comes over and she says, She says, Elmo, what did I tell you about fighting in the inn? And he says, Yo, I'm not fighting, I'm just showing my skills. 
Finia, why are you always so mean to me? And then she looks back and forth at you two and she says, He's drunk, isn't he? What I don't know. Finia? I don't know what his name Finia. is. Dink Dink just like grins and then like lifts up a mug and just keeps drinking. He's got little rosy cheeks now. <laughs> Very good. Welby has a magical toothpick that just appeared that he's just twirling around his teeth. You, you <laughs> don't just get to make this. Magical toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> he has a magical toothpick. Yeah. Uh, are you looking for her husband? No, nobody no. asked. <laughs> no. I wrote down, like, what's her name? No one went there. I'm like, oh, alright. Yep, there you go, gang. Blessings of the five. Whoa. <laughs> but with that, she says, so he was drunk when he got here? Yeah. I'd say, I don't know him. He could have been drunk. He could have just been a little off. And but so, on to yeah. more important things than the local idiot. Do you know and then Elmo, right Elmo looks. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting <laughs> literally beside him, and with that, Elmo just kind of like stretches his back a little bit, and he says, <laughs> <laughs> "So I say, on uh, more important news, do you happen to know the name of the the no good husband?" Nope. No, we don't know. And so she says, "Who adoring?" Yeah, Jelly has been looking for him for a long time, but I don't know. He just comes in and out. My best guess, if you want to know where he's probably at, if he's looking for ladies, he's probably out in the brothel out there in Nold. It's a village to the north. How, uh, how long of a travel would that be? Probably a couple hours, probably three hours or so. It's a small fishing village. We do a lot of trade with those guys, but the problem is, is that their uh, their reeve doesn't really hold a, hold a firm grip over what's going on over there, and their constable, for all I know, has been dead for a while, so it seems like nobody's really cracking any whips. It seems like, if anything, that's probably where the bandits hang out most of all. But that's just me, I guess. Uh, where'd, you, where'd you say the name of that town was? Nold. Nold. Nold with a D. N U L B. And so with that, she says, Yeah, so I mean, if he's anywhere, you'd probably be there. But I warn you, if there are bandits in that place, you probably don't want to be going in there acting like the law, looking to get stuff done. Not to mention, if there are bandits there, then the bandits are probably hanging out on that path anyway. It's not really a well-traveled road, and it seems like they could set up quite a little sting to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if the husband had had this all in mind anyways. I know Jelly is an honest lady, but he might be sending people out there to come get this thing and ganking them on the road. Well, thank you for your time, and thank you for the beers tonight. And I tossed her a silver. And so with that, she picks up and looks at it, and she says, Ah, well, thank you, I guess. <laughs> and so and so with that uh, a small man bald on the top of his head with a lot of fluff on the sides comes wandering out from the back room in the kitchen and he comes rushing up to the woman at the bar and he uh, stops and he looks over at you guys at the bar and he says well good to meet you I'm tall proprietor of this business he says could I help all you guys with some dinner maybe some rooms for the evening dink dink nods I agree Say how many beds per room? Uh, he says we have a bit of a community room where we've got a series of bunk beds. You can house about ten people if you'd like to rent it. But it's like noon still. True. I don't imagine you're heading off to Salt Marsh or Restonford today, and if you are, you probably want to get going. He says, but if you'd like to rent the room for now, stay here for the day, enjoy the sights and the scenery. How much for uh, for all ten beds? Well, if you rent the back room, I'll give it to you for, I don't know, let's, uh... Starts eyeballing your gear extensively, looking at your coin purse. And he's like, eh, how about... Two gold pieces for the night. Two silver seems a little steep, just the other night it only took... Oh, wait, wait, two gold, sorry. Two gold seems a little steep, just the other night I only paid one gold the town over. 
He says, that's good. Maybe you can make it back there in time. Two stands. Say, so, how about two goals? Pretty meals. He puts his hands on his hips and he says, nope, two gold for the rooms. Meals for you and I don't know however many people you have, but meals ain't cheap here. Well, meals may not be cheap here, but I'm also filling all your beds for the night. For one room, sir. Shit, wait, I thought you said you only had 10 beds total. For that one community room. But with that, he says, nope, two gold stands, and I'm giving you a deal at that. Alright, so I take my loss, I give him the two. Okay. Yeah, by the way, I rolled your reaction roll over here. I know you did. It's like a, like a five. <laughs> so, <laughs> Surprised it didn't go up to like five gold. <laughs> yeah, no, I was waiting for that to happen. That's why I cut my losses up there. And so with that, he tells you that your room is over at the at the stairwell. It's like past the stairs, over by the two sconced areas. By so the I, I make eye contact with them. Rasal has been watching something. He just wa- likes watching you little people like do your thing. So <laughs> he, he thinks it's kind of adorable. J- jiggle the key at him. Big thumbs up. Like, good job, buddy. <laughs> Big thumbs up from Rasal. <laughs> they got a room. Yeah. I'm gonna go Proud of think things gonna scuffle over next to actual Willie. Just like cover by him because you gave me beer. So. It's scuffle or scuffle? Scuffle. I mean, I'm scuffle. Scamper was what I was really thinking. Action movie just ruffles your hair a little. Ding, ding. Let's get drink, drink. <laughs> he just nods like, whoa. <laughs> just Wisdom. <laughs> Are we getting another round of drinks? Uh, I mean, ding, ding has seven gold. Yeah, I'll buy some drinks for people. If you get another gold piece down, you can get a round of drinks for everybody again. Well, with the two extras. Wait. Oh, with the three extras, rather. You mean now, I, need, uh, I need one more in, additional, in addition to my seven gold? No, you just oh, spend okay. one gold. Okay. Alright, then I'll put a gold in the table. Well, uh, before we get too comfortable here for the day, maybe we should go check out on our companions outside. Maybe we can make a bit of money finding that lady's husband for her. Well, I actually got a little information from the, the barkeep that he, if we have any luck finding him, he's going to be the town over. And, uh, no, it's so about a three-hour No, but I think is what she said. I read it off her lips. <laughs> With a B, not a D. Yeah. No. Um, so does this mean that you guys all left the bar in, our, in the bottom, in the back corner now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when, no, 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 no. He's just the bar. <laughs> well, no, he started talking, so we came over us, but... No, no. I, we I, were I, the majority over here, so you would have... I wandered over to actually... This, is, this is really D&D. Is this is what it boils there? down to, is arguing across the bar room, be like, yeah. you come here! Like, no. we're sitting down, my legs are asleep. Wait, is the man still sitting there? Who, in Elmo? the other corner? Yeah. No, no, not Elmo. The guy in the corner? The grizzled dude? I thought you guys were sitting with him. No. No. He got up and brought him up here. We had an extra. Which you could have given to D&D. So, didn't you grab an extra? Didn't Dink I mean, Dink I did. Dink 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 Dink. Elmo got one, that Dink guy in the corner got one, and then Dink Dink got one. You, you already got one. You would have two. So, if you. <laughs> so, are you slapping down another coin? Yeah. Okay. Dink Dink have, like, a drinking problem, Dink Dink and that's why he's getting like, like, <laughs> So, for Dink 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 Dink, all of a sudden, he's just like a wizard. <laughs> Very good. So now, um, in that case, uh, well, so in that case, everybody can, there's 10 rounds of drinks in total, I mean 10 drinks in total coming over, so everybody's able to get one, and then you can, uh, distribute the extra three, however you please. Um. Is Dink Dink gonna have four beers today? No, he's gonna have two. Like, one for each hand, and then he'll have the other ones, like, in his arms, and he's gonna just- Well, like... I just mean he already had two, so I'm saying, is he rounding off the four beers? No, Ricky I think- Ricky Lady two beers, I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, 
I feel like he probably would because he's just gonna. Yeah, we're gonna have two drunk children. Very good. Okay, so what's Ricky a, Leahy's a grown ass man? Don't what's, you say that? What's Ricky Leahy's uh, uh, con score? Fifteen. Okay. And what's Dink Dink's con score? Twelve. Okay, so you guys are rosy cheeked, but you're managing to keep your sobriety about you. Um, where did the other extra extra one drink go? Um, I'm gonna take one over to the guy in the corner. Dink Dink's just gonna like waddle over and plunk it down and waddle away. Okay, so the guy in the corner leans forward and he says, "Well, well, well." He says, "I haven't seen one of you in quite some time." Got a reputation for being a mighty drinker, huh? I'm gonna take my small hammer and just hit it on my shield. Dink dink. And he says, I bet I could have drink you. I'll bet you your weapon right there in tow. I'll bet you that I can have drink you. What do you say? See, the problem buddy? here is that Dink is an idiot. <laughs> so, like. Which I was watching this, I was like, hmm. Should I step in? The sad thing is, Dink Dink can't even ask what he wants because he can't speak. Yeah, there's no, no way for you to bed. say, well, if I win, I get this. What is, does he have a weapon? What is it? He's got a dagger on his side. It's a I don't dirt. want a dagger. That's shitty. No. Big Dink doesn't want a dagger. He's getting a hammer from you. A little no, I have, a, I have a war hammer. Oh, I'm thinking this is like a little... No, I have, two, hammer. I have two hammers. So I, have my war hammer for, I have my war hammer for fighting, and I have a small hammer for my dinking. I thought he was asking for your small hammer. <laughs> okay. I want the biggest hammer you got. <laughs> like my but no, I mean, he, he flashes a dagger out and he says, if you win, he says, you can have this. He says, it's worth a lot more than that smelly old hammer of yours. Yeah. You look it over and there's a ruby in the pommel and you can see that it does appear to have some sort yeah, of a high dink, quality. Because Dink 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 would, would do it. Also, you smell your hammer. It's like if I was gonna, <laughs> if it was Dink Dink, Dink Dink is just like a stupid little doofy like, yay. So yes, he would do it. He'd so like, that sure. the, uh, he would be like, sure. So with that, the guy in the dark, he pulls out a gold piece and he says, Be a good lad, get us ten drinks, bring him over here. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, I've been eating bread all day. Let your last servant die off. I'm not going to turn around and go get my drink. So that's the last thing that makes think that. Up. And, and the guy's like, I don't get it. And he's like... <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Rasal's going to get up and walk outside and be like, uh, <laughs> like There's well, some shit we, going on we're in We're going to be heading out. Uh, maybe follow the lead, but it looks like Dink Dink's gonna be getting to a drinking contest. So I don't know if you guys want to come on in, but it's gonna be a bit. I'm Golo. Yes, you are. <laughs> no. I think Llewellyn would go in and watch that. He's like, "Well, oh, good bit of sport." Uh-huh. This says worst case scenario, we got somewhere to put Dink Dink already. <laughs> yeah, and I think Cynthia will sort of just enter and stand by the door. If alcohol poisoning is what takes out Dink Dink. <laughs> Could you imagine? He just drops dead. From his <laughs> All right, so the first couple of drinks come over, and it's time to pound it out. So what's your con score? Twelve. Oh, this is gonna work out great for you. Llewellyn's got sixteen. Oh, jeezum! So you take the first drink, and you already start to feel a bit woozy, and you get that drifty feeling. And he pounds it down, and half the time it takes you to drink yours, puts it back down without even wiping his face. Well, He's so how clean. Much, like, drink has he already had? Because I've already had. Okay. I mean, you didn't you didn't ask about that. What was I mean, I know I'm Dink. I'm being Dink. <laughs> I love how you're gonna he's, lose he's your work. One other before it. Like you gotta role play the Dink Dink. Okay, so with that, you drink this one, you start getting woozy, and it looks like you might get the next one might come to your head, and you might pass out. Pass out? Like, you're at you five pints deep. First, I just get to pass out. I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be some puke places. Are we ruling puke rules? Is that what we're doing now? 
Okay, so he brings up another one and he says, Are you uh, willing to give up before things get messy, little buddy? Dink, dink. <laughs> clonk, clonk. <laughs> um, I mean, Dink is stupid. He's gonna keep drinking until he doesn't drink anymore. Unless someone else is like, hey, stop. I'm not gonna do that with Llewellyn, because Llewellyn wouldn't we'll do it in character. Alright, here we go. Like, Llewellyn wouldn't do it in character, so... Oh, boy. Well, with that, Dink Dink gets really woozy. It starts to teeter a bit on his feet. And he manages to hold his gut together, but he is like stumbling and falling back and forth. And so with that, the guy in the dark, he drinks his again, quaffs it with no issue, and doesn't look like this even faded. This was a glass of water. That's so why he wipes his face very he delicately at the corners. Bullshit, guys. Or he's just an alcoholic. Or he's like making it into <laughs> water or something like Jesus. <laughs> that has to be magic. <laughs> Who's the dice would be? Okay. Uh, see, seeing Dink Dink get woozy action, well, he's gonna go up kind of behind the guy slit his throat. <laughs> yeah, stay in Do his, a flex. Stay in his blind Don't spot. Don't you force binge drinking. Okay. And so you mean like to kind of watch what he's doing? He's literally just drinking. And it doesn't look like he has any right? spectacles or anything. What? Does he have a hoodon? Yeah. But I mean, it's pulled back for this. And oh, his okay. hair is just dark and slicked over to the side. But uh, yeah, we have our next round of drinks. And he drinks uh, this one. I think Brasol's going to walk up and be like, Dink, uh, you still good? <laughs> yeah, you threw up in your mouth a bit, so I'm not sure what that means. Um, and then the two flagons come over to the table. Um, Llewellyn's gonna... Like, the guy picks it up and slugs it down already. Dink. He looks over at you. Looks over at Dink Dink. I mean, Dink Dink's gonna try. Okay, so Dink Dink plugs it. Like, it. it. I mean, he's gonna attempt to glug it. He's he is drinking. He, this is his character. He's he, just a and so with that, he manages to stave against the alcohol. But you can see that the guy uh, who's wiping his face off this time he's got a bit of drool running down the corner of his mouth. You can tell as he wipes it off, he's starting to feel it a little bit more. When he reaches for the flag and to put it back down, he kind of misses the table for a second. Does that little bounce? And so he says, "Are you still in?" Um, yeah. Dink, dink. You mean dink dink? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At this point, it's just gonna be like. Alright, here we go. It's not even two dinks, it's just one dink now. Ooh, so both of you guys pound this last one, and neither of you have any issues with it, and this is the last one available. That's ten pints between the two of you. You're both just a couple roly poly sudsy bitches at this point. So okay. here comes the last one. Do you want to drink it? I thought that was the last one. There's one left. Yeah, ten. yeah, Dink's gonna drink it. On this last one, actually, Willie moves his hand onto his short sword. Oh, what the hell is that actually doing? <laughs> Dink Dink's just like... Okay. So with that... Um, behind him. So with that, Dink Dink drinks his and teeters back in his chair and falls to the ground flat with a thump and rolls over passed out unconscious on the floor. And the other guy giggles a couple times to himself, hiccups, and then falls over sideways and smacks his head on the corner of the booth. So we exchange their weapons. <laughs> is the way of the world. It's just my small hand. And so the two of you guys and the rest of the people at the inn are all just staring at one another seeing these two have effectively outdrank one another. I Well, he just starts a slow clap from across the bar. <laughs> you should probably scoop up Dink Dink. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him over to his room. <laughs> I'm gonna grab the dagger off the table. I fall. <laughs> I follow him with the keys. Okay, it's a plus one dagger. 
I drank a lot of beer to give you that dagger. <laughs> permanent literally. liver damage and just like, what's it worth it? Like, no, he just goes ding fake. dong for the rest of his life. <laughs> ding dong. Ding dong. Of course, grab ding dong's weapon too. Dong dong. A little small hammer. Okay, and so you bring him off to his bottom bunk in the room and plop him on the bed. He just lays there. Well, he says, poor normal sized guy. Normal sized to me. <laughs> what a what an amazing statement. <laughs> poor normal sized guy. Very good, Greg. Um, you're all medium sized to me, guys. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know, all my friends here. Um, okay. And so now the party is ready to go off to the next step with minus a dink dink. Yep. <laughs> oh, leader. <laughs> Without his wisdom and his powerful speeches, what would we do? Okay, so anyway. Well, so, I guess we're all going to share information, yeah? Are we? Question mark. I already shared my information. Did everybody hear what I said earlier? Yep. Good. I think, um, so, you guys think we should go to that town tomorrow? Is that a route that you guys would want to go? I don't see any reason why we just don't go tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's bandits in the woods, then... We should clear them out. They did say that, uh, the barkeeper did say that most likely we're going to come across a lot of people there. And if we're going to find the bandits stronghold anywhere, it would be in that town. They said that their, um, their leader kind of just disappeared or passed away somewhere along the lines. And it's kind of just been chaotic there. Didn't the chick say something about, like, Rufus and Bird being people that were trying to, like, hire people to get rid of bandits? Oh, she's, I wrote that. I... Yeah. That was, uh, Finia, right? Mentioned that to you two? I thought so. Or someone. Finia or Jelly said something about Rufus and Bird. But I don't know who they are. Okay. And so what's the uh, plan for the party at this point? Well, Cynthia wants to head over to, uh, Noel and bring some order to that lawless land. Right. <laughs> oh, Bolo says that he can stay behind to kind of tend to dink dink. The barkeeper did also say that we go in there acting like lawmakers. We're not going to make it too far. Doesn't matter what some simple barkeeper says. I heard that. <laughs> well, some simple barkeeper has also been around here for a long well, time. Seen I'm a lot not of going to around. allow bandits to have control of the town. An entire population of people. But, but if you know that there's a way to go in there and make it a smoother transition when you want to do it that way i would like to get the bandits out as soon as possible but i feel like the best way to do is go in there without people really knowing who we are and what we're really there for right and then we stab and murder all the bandits slowly but surely yes but we don't go by making a loud proclamation as we enter the village (laughs) like any noble knight would do i bought a bugle (laughs) very valorous but llewellyn's gonna be like I don't know about the rest of you, but I have found that a certain degree of misdirection has served me well in my life. Um, and that perhaps, like, just walking right in might not be the best option, and I find that I like to be very tricksy. So, like, so he would recommend setting a trap. Like, I have a whole bunch of iron spikes and things like that, so maybe we could set a trap for the bandits and turn their own strategies on them. And then take all their loot. Yeah. Actually, Willie's in on this plan. Hey, as long as it gets those people out from under the thumb of the bandits, I'm in for whatever. Are we just in a green so we're not going to run in there just with a bullhorn and start yes. stabbing people? No, that is 
absolutely what I will do. All right. I will not be standing anywhere near you. will be guys. running in there solo. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I, I obviously can't let Cynthia just head in there on her own. Now, if you guys want to put a plan in action, well, me and Cynthia, you know, take the path and keep an extra good search for uh, that uh, husband, and maybe you guys can get something going before we arrive. Ricky Lakey all of a sudden listens in on the conversation out of his days that he was in and hears that we're going to start smashing and killing people, so he's automatically on your side on wanting to do that. <laughs> and Welby shakes his head as another one joins the stupid fight. Good, good. I'm glad we're all, we're all working together now to smash heads. Somebody, I think what would make this game a lot easier for everybody involved is if somebody sort of act as the group speaker to tell me, like, essentially, like, lay out a plan. Just because we got a lot of characters that are going to be acting at the same time, so... so but we just have, like, two separate groups going, from my point of view. Yeah. So one let's running have... in there dumb, the other one trying to sneak in through the back, it sounds like. So then let's have somebody, let's have you be the speaker, just because I feel like that makes sense, because you've been doing a lot of that anyway. You pointed so... to Ryan, everybody listening. Girl. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So with that, um, yeah. Okay. So well, I mean, I, yeah, I can sort of lead operations on the just march right in group, and then she uh, seems like she has. Yeah, you just Sarah, Greg, or Jared can take over. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm very Heidi, but it seems like you probably had the best knowledge. The Trixie. Being able to... I'm an illusionist, so I feel like yeah. I'm all about. So I think what we should do, just a, an opinion, is distraction team in the front, illusion team in the back, going through the back. This sounds like a really terrifying thing that's going to happen. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, time kind of out. Good, right, so right now, you know. we're totally just skipping out on finding this guy. We're just going in there to kill people right now. <laughs> we're going to blow up Nolb. But also, <laughs> we're going to be down two players, right? Because Dink Dink is out for the count. and then. Oh, Gold... Dink Dink's going to be back tomorrow, just with a more Dink Dink in his head. Oh. <laughs> but then Golo's also... So, okay. Wait, what happened to Golo? What did I miss there? He's gonna stay behind to take he care of Dink Dink. He said he was gonna stay behind oh. and take care of Dink Dink. So that you means that passed out so drunk that means by himself. Yeah, we going now tonight? we're leaving two yes. of the oh, party yeah. members, right? So then it's just Llewellyn and then you're... Well, would it make more sense for us to just have a day of rest? Three three to distract and three to sneak in. But wouldn't it make sense? This is a <laughs> kind of plenty. a... <laughs> but wouldn't we rather have more numbers, you know, wait till tomorrow night when Dink Dink's hopefully normal? Ish again. Like I can fight hungover. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That's just, just like, projectile uh, opinion. Okay, so then. I don't know how the group feels so about the that. suggestion would be waiting in town tonight and then tomorrow at first light going to maybe we can strike the bandits while they're asleep. Maybe they like. That's what I'm saying. Then we should go in the night. middle of the night. That's what I'm saying tomorrow night. I'm very confused as to the strike pattern that's I'm going so, on. I'm I feel like you, I've let you guys talk amongst yourselves, combat. and slowly it's become this like, let's just go kill all of them. No, it's. <laughs> Blow up the town. Show up in town, announce that, you know, we're here to take care of any of the bandits, and then deal with whatever comes from that. Well, how about we also try and find this lady's husband? What about the trail? Should we have, like, the people that are kind of more sneaky go through the woods while the more brute force people stay on the road? She said that there's going to be a lot of action on the way there. I feel like I want to avoid as much action as possible. Until I have He's to right have action. Here. <laughs> <laughs> action Willie and his crew can sneak through the woods. Who's your crew? Llewellyn. And well, definitely, probably, I mean, Dink Dink will probably go with Action Willie, because Action Willie's a homie. 
Welby's just gonna hide the whole time. I'll be honest with you guys. Welby's <laughs> <laughs> okay. not else to to sleep. I don't think he'll be good on the sneak team. <laughs> <laughs> so going now would probably be best for action. They don't do that. All right. So we're gonna go now. Yeah, we should travel as a group on the road. I feel and like. And then once we get to the outskirts of town, when it comes into sight, you guys can split off and do your place. own thing. Should the yeah. sneaky group head towards um, where we would think that, uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Adoran. Adoran would be. All their money would be? Oh, oh, the Adoran. husband. Yeah. Oh. The husband. But she doesn't care if he comes back alive, she just wants her pendant back. Right. Well, she said he'd normally be at a pawn shop, a brothel, or the bar. So, so those are going to be the places you're checking yeah. when you get in town. And the bartender said that the women were in Nolp. Like, if he was trying to get with the ladies, he'd be in Nolp. So... So then you guys are going to walk in first and we're going to kind of flank them by being sneaky through the woods. Yeah, if we want to look for, what were their names? Warner and something? The two dudes who were hiring Rufus and Byrne. Rufus and Byrne. Do you want to follow that up first before we go? We can do that. Okay. Okay, so in that case, um, let's have you tell me essentially what like the, the major course of action is. I think Rasaw will approach uh, Finia and ask her about uh, Rufus and Byrne and what they've been hiring people to do. Okay. And then the rest of the plans for going to Nolb are what? We're going to travel there as a group, and then when we get to Nolb, depending on what we find out from Rufus and Byrne, Cynthia, Rasaw, and... Well, be uh, Ricky Lakey. Ricky well, Lakey's with you. Ricky are gonna probably just go straight into town, mm-hmm. and then others might hang out for reconnaissance and yeah, or, assistance yeah, in case something goes awry. Okay, easy enough. All right. Um, and so with that, uh, so go ahead and you can go up to Finia. Uh, Barkeep, you mentioned that uh, there were the fellas Rufus and Byrne who were hiring mercenaries. So, so she squints at you a little bit, almost like kind of perplexed by your question. She says, well, yeah, they're uh, right up on the hill. She says, if you walk outside, they're like right up on the hill. There's a tower. What kind of work are they hiring people for? Well, they themselves are adventurers who've sort of earned their name and their title here. And so with that, I mean, I could imagine they're offering mercenary work. But I know that they have a lot of allegiance to the Baron himself. And so if there's anything to be done, it's probably something dealing with all the bandits and the trouble that's been going on in this region. I imagine that if you guys are all good fellows, they'll probably appreciate your assistance and they'll probably want you to help out. But if you guys are going to be going in there and acting all kinds of rude, I imagine they might try and stop you. They're sort of righteous, but they get the job done. We'll try and keep our rude dude pants off for this whole encounter. Very good. Thank you. Okay, and so now, um, what would you like to do? I guess we can head up towards Roofs and Burns. Yeah. Because the path to Nolb actually goes past that hill. Yeah. So if you all left as a group, you could stop by Rufus and Burn on the way. So and I we're leaving. We our farewells to go low. Go low and think, think. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll take good care of Dick Dick. Put a piece of copper over him. each of Dick's eyes. Sleep apnea. Just use the dagger that he wants. Um. Okay. And so now the party heads off. Uh, who's going to be the speaker of the party for this part? Sort of in the face. Yeah, I guess Prasal can. Prasal again. Okay. So, so that. Someone else wants to. Yeah. I don't know. 
So the party heads down the road and heads past a couple more of the businesses. And as you guys are heading down that way, um, you see a large hill in the distance with a large stoneworked tower that seems to crumble a little bit with time, but it still stands uh, as a beacon of hope and vigilance over um, over the land. And you guys can see as you're heading down this way, about a quarter mile's worth of walking, you guys can see that um, there's a man with a conical hat who seems to step out onto one of the ledges of the tower, and it looks like there's it's almost sort of a balcony. There's a stairwell on the side that arches up, but there's a, like an expanse between the top of the stairwell and the balcony of the building, as if it's its own little miniature drawbridge. Okay, And so with that, he stands at the top of it. And as the party of you guys approach, heading down this road, uh, he stands out, and another man walks forward, and he's wearing reg- like regal armor, and he stands beside him. The man in the conical hat yells out, and he says... Hello! Farewell, travelers! Good afternoon. Uh, Rufus and Burns, I assume? And then the man behind in the armor says, The name's Burn. Well, my apologies for getting your name wrong, then. Off to a bad start, Ryan. I'm uh, docking you a few XP on that one. I'm just kidding. And so with that, Rufus and Burn both look down at you. Not with, like, a fiery gaze, but they're very much curious as you approach and call them out by name. They say, To what do we do the honor? Uh, well, we heard you're hired mercenaries, and we're such a group ourselves, making our way through town here. Didn't know if there was anything you needed doing. Well, that Rufus goes to begin to, I mean, Burn goes to begin to speak, but Rufus, the man in the armor, barks out in front of him, and he says, We're not hiring mercenaries. The people we're helping are doing the good work that we need them to do. He says, If they want to do it, that's on them. I'm not paying anybody for anything. If they die, that's on them. We're merely helping people do the right thing. And then with that, Burn sort of steps forward and he says, Yes, if you're here to help out with the bandit issue, then I'm sure we can negotiate, we can discuss some things. But apart from that, I'm afraid there's very little we can do. We're not paying anybody. Well, that works fine, just fine for me. And uh, Fuck that. <laughs> probably the squire here, but I can't speak for the rest of the party when I agree to those terms. You guys looking to do some good? Or will you be looking to do find some coin? Wellby scoffs off. Wellby <laughs> thinks that his head that there shall be enough in town for me. How do we know what he thinks in his head? Wellby thinks aloud to himself. <laughs> the bandit should have enough coin to satisfy Willie. And with that, Rufus yells out and he says, That's money from the people of town. Everybody has How a moment of like, Ugh. <laughs> We don't really know this. We're like, well, we weren't gonna tell you if we if found it. If you only it. help people, then how'd you get enough money to build your tower? Are you actually saying that? Llewellyn, yeah. Llewellyn's not gonna do it just for helping people. So, like, if this guy's saying if you're gonna help the bandits, then we'll talk, then we can talk about getting rid of the bandits, but... He says, well, we're not gonna negotiate prices or assistance or anything like that from the tower down to the ground level. If you're gonna talk with us, you must come up and speak with us at once. Okay. Okay, and so with that, uh, Rufus starts to lower the bit of the drawbridge and hoist it over to the top of the stairwell, and you guys are free to come up. Sorry, everybody? Yeah. Okay, so the whole gaggle comes in, and the, the tower itself is kind of a tight uh, space. It's like a uh, just a pretty typical cliche, like medieval tower, very much so just kind of like a cylinder. Yeah, there you go. I almost said sphere, but a cylindrically uh, shaped tower with a couple different floors to it, including a pinnacle on the top where you can see a couple of men walking around with uh, bows. Uh, but when you guys come inside of this place, 
It looks like this is almost like a functioning fort, but just on a miniature scale. There's a few beds set up in here, a couple of workspaces, there's a ladder leading down into the basement where you can hear the sound of a group of people having a conversation, playing cards and whatnot. But as you guys enter and are uh, inside, Rufus kind of rests one of his hands on a long sword at his belt and he looks over to you and Burn, with open arms, sort of opens, you, uh, opens to you guys welcomely with a smile and he says, Ah, this is much better. No yelling. And Rufus looks and rolls his eyes. But with that, Burn says, so if you are going to help us, I think it is fair that we do have a discussion about what it is that you think we need done. Because I'm not sure how much you know and what you think is going on here, but there's been a lot of rumors about what's been going on in this region, and I assume you've heard some of them. So tell me this, what exactly are you doing right now for us? Well, I'm going to walk into that village, find any bandits who are terrorizing the people and put an end to their reign of terror. Oh, you speak of Nulb? Yes. Oh. Oh, we thought... Okay. And then Rufus and Byrne kind of look at each other with a quick glance and they say, Well, I mean, righteous is the blade, I guess. That seems fair enough. He says, We wish you good luck on this, but I warn you, it is an entire village's worth of people who have gotten accustomed to having a lawless land, and those who have stayed there probably enjoy it. So if you try to come in and be the law... It may not go over so well. Yeah. Well, knight lives and dies by their honor. I just can't stand the idea that there's a group of people out there preying on everyone around them and getting away with it because no one wants to do anything about it. And so that Rufus kind of sits down with a slump and a sigh, and he says, Well, it seems like the bandits have a good reason to be chilling out there anyway. He says, It seems like... What you don't know, that we know, may be beneficial to help out with any plans you might have with ending the evil reign of the bandits out there. We have an idea of where these bandits may all be originating from, and we may have some idea of something of a puppet master who might be helping guide these guys. Nob may just be a sort of haven for them where they go at rest, but we think we've heard of a, a certain leader of their group. Cut off the head of the snake. Yeah, in this case, a very beautiful snake. But in the end, I think that if we are to deal with this issue and you are able to bring an end to that, they will lose sort of their general direction and there will be nobody to crack the whip and keep them in line. The bandits here are stupid and they are very much so quick in their judgments of how to make their money. And so it seems like they'll probably all end up just getting rid of one another slowly over time. Says, but... That's a story for a different day. Unless you'd like to actually talk about all that now. It sounds like this Nulb thing seems to be pressing for you guys as we speak. Well, we uh, found a woman in quite a bit of distress looking for her husband, so we'd like to set about putting that to rest. And so with that, Rufus kind of, in, in a very insulting way, says, Oh, how heroic. Helping with petty squabbles in a marriage. Truly a night's labor. So you do saying, the good you can for the people you see. Welby speaks up saying not to help a marriage, but to return lost property. And so that Rufus looks almost like corrected by the statements and he says, Yeah, fair enough. I mean, tomatoes, tomatoes. I want to hear more about this puppet master. And so with that, he said, uh, uh, Burn speaks up and he says, Well, we have reason to believe that the legends of this shadowed one, as he's known, he apparently has been setting up small bastions around the barony of, um, of Grilonia, and it seems like 
this may be one of our bastions. I'm not excited to say that we are so lucky to have one of these bastions in our ranks, but it seems like there is one they speak of out here, named Lareth, and his title is Lareth the Beautiful. We have reason to suspect he's out there. We've come across a couple of bandits who have been foolish enough to try to attack us in the tower. Our men have found some people on the outskirts and bandit groups, but they speak of him with great renown, and they speak of him as being a powerful individual, but frankly, he sounds like a coward who fights from the darkness. A lot of the bandits have sworn alliance to some some deity they speak of, the dark deity, Avari, the evil goddess of lust and wealth, and it seems like Lareth must be the one who's sort of pulling those strings. But in any case, if you can find him, I think this may all come to a bit of a close. He, from what we can tell, must be residing somewhere near town, and there's a few places we can think of that are small enough and hidden away enough that people would not come across it, but it's hard for us to suggest anyone in particular that they must be coming from. Our best guess would be that they're coming from the old moat house. The old moat house is quite a ways southeast from here, but it is a... If it is, if it is a bastion of where they come from, then it's safe to say that that place will be well fortified, and it'll be very dangerous, but if he's there, he's probably going to be hidden away somewhere deep within. So if you feel it is necessary to go in there and try to take care of that, then so be it, do so, and we wish you the best of luck, but we won't be surprised if that's probably too much for you people to handle. Apart from that, there has been word that there's probably spies in this area as well. There's been a lot of really well-articulated attacks on caravans, and it seems like the only way somebody would know when to strike these things going between towns would be to have an idea of when they actually left exactly. So for that reason, we suspect that there's probably a couple spies working as informants inside our village proper. We've kept our eyes peeled, but we can't really tell what's going on. So, at this point, since nobody's really been found quickly enough, it would seem that they, uh, these people are hidden away really well, and we've got some professionals. But that's the best I can do to tell you. So he said that if we helped him with what he needed help with, he would give us some kind of money. Willie will step in and... So, what's this about possible pay? And so with that, they look back and forth at one another and they say, We're sure we can have the Reeve of Town provide some sort of cash payment for you guys if you're willing to do this. We don't think that it's all that necessary to get paid for this kind of work, but if that's the case, well, I'm sure we could probably get you some sort of a, a sizable payment. Maybe somewhere to the effect of 500 gold for the lot of you, if we can bring back Lareth, dead or alive. We have choices, that's nice to know. <laughs> we'll let you know if we do it. Well, I mean, if you come back or if you don't. Right. Yeah. What do you want as proof? I imagine her head. His, his, his head. His head. His face. Okay, everyone just, you know. <laughs> it's 2020. Okay, Jared. Lareth is beautiful Men man. Men beautiful too. It's just Fabio. <laughs> Working around the dark mode house. Anyway. But with that, yeah, so they say, but in any case, I think that's about where our discussion of this ends, unless you have any further questions. We hear there's potentially bandits set up along the road. Would you happen to know whereabouts that would be? Well, if they're on the road to Nolb, I wouldn't be surprised if they're hiding out in the bushes and in the trees, and so if you keep a vigilant eye and pay attention for the sounds, I'm sure you'll be able to tell. If any of you have some ability of tracking, I'm sure you'd be able to tell from where footsteps are abound. Bandits aren't very smart, and I'm sure they're going off the idea that 
people that are going to attack are not likely to have good defenses for themselves. Thank you for the information. Okay. And so with that, the party leaves the tower of Rufus and Burn, and they head off down the road. Would you like to head towards Nold now, or was there something else you'd like to do? Well, Llewellyn, at this point, from listening to Rufus and Burn, they said that the bandits have been in Nold for a long time, that the town has kind of accepted that, and like I guess seems to exist as a town that is comfortable with where it's at, because he was saying that if we were to go there then the entire town would have some sort of issue with us just going in and murdering bandits. My new purpose in life is to defeat this nefarious Lareth in single so, combat. So, like, so, Llewellyn's thinking is dang. we still need to find a Doran who could be in Nold, but instead of us going in and murdering all the bandits in Nold, why don't we just go to Nold to find a Doran and then maybe see if we can find any information about Lareth the Beautiful and all his... and all the possible... Because um, the moat house is quote unquote well fortified and dangerous, perhaps we could learn about some of the defenses that the moat house has from the bandits in the town of Nold before we just kill them all. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. There. At least that's what the Wellen's thinking, I guess. Okay. So is the party heading off to Nold? Do we want to? Because it sounds like if from Nold we might be going straight to the moat house. Do we want to wait till tomorrow? Well, the moat house is south of the town. Right? Yeah, it'll be a bit so more have travel to stop. It. If we you can... left from the uh, village of Nold, you'd be getting there at like 9 o'clock at night. And you guys have already been up traveling all day as it is, so... No, I just mean like, stuff could go pretty wrong in Nold. Just like, either we ask the wrong questions, and they get tipped off that people are looking, mm. and that it might make sense to expedite our travel to... And Golo and Dink Dink would just not know what to do without us. Right. <laughs> So I figured we think should... we just drink, drink more. No low would go low. You, just, you guys just keep swapping your weapons back and forth. <laughs> like Patty four like months. Potato, just... yeah. Ow. Ding, ding. Um, okay. So where's the first stop off then? Nold? Nold proper? The right. end. Spend, spend the night. Spend oh, the okay. night at the end Fair and enough. then the next morning goes to Okay. And so the party goes to the end. Uh, you guys are helped to a small dinner if I could get two gold pieces for the parte to eat up for the din-dins. So as you guys get a uh, nice feast, and it's two gold for the whole lot of you, but yeah. you guys are able to get a whole roast goose, and you guys are able to eat it up, as well as a large helping of, of, uh, of uh, cooked vegetables and some soup. And when we're eating, I'd like to ask the uh, bartender if there's any shops in town. Yeah, there's a blacksmith, general goods, a pawn shop, there's a Boyer Fletcher. Well, who's in on this, too? Well, we just scoots in. Yeah, me too, me too. So I say, does anybody want to go to the pawn shop with me? Willie will go with you. And there's a, yeah, the general goods as well. But, okay. Let's check out that pawn shop. Might be, might be too late for that golden necklace. You know, a little bit of sleight of hand. Would not hurt anybody. You know, I feel like a uh, sleight of hand at a pawn shop that's probably well defensed uh, yeah, may may hand. hurt somebody. Somebody. Yeah, it depends I, how good of the hand is sliced. W- Willie would like to walk in, not with him, <laughs> <laughs> and then yell out, "Look, a thief!" When he comes in. I'm a halfling. Okay. That's racist. <laughs> Whoa. This guy, pussy hands over here. Um. Okay. And so, who's heading over to the pawn shop? Well, the Willie. Okay. So as you guys head over to the pawn shop. 
Um, you guys can see that out front at the front door, like once once you guys approach the building, the uh, front door opens up slowly, and a half orc walks out, and he's got two dogs, like two large dogs that are, have full on chain, um, what's it called collars and stuff. He has them out on leashes, and as you guys approach, he says, "Are you coming in for business?" Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so with that, he shoves the dogs aside with a quick push. And he says, don't touch nothing, only talk when spoken to. Yes, sir. As you guys are led inside, a uh, a man behind the counter who looks rather rotund wearing a fancy sort of plumed hat, he uh, extends his hands out and puts them down on the counter. And as you guys enter, he says, ah, travelers, surely you have good tastes and would appreciate all the wares I have available. Perhaps you've come to drop off something of uh, something you'd want some coin for? My name is Nira, Nira Melob, and I'm here to make all of your fantasies come true. So, do you have any, uh, pendants here? Pendants? I have plenty of pendants. I didn't know you were a man of such fine tastes and assorts. be a little more specific, golden with an opal. That's very specific. Uh, I have opals, I have opals, I have gold chains. I could make both these things come true and leave it to you to be creative of how to bout this Uh, opal onto the pendant. I don't like new, I like something with a story. Do you have anything in your shop already? Um, I'm afraid I don't, but I have plenty of other necklaces if I could give you one of those. Well, if you don't have anything new and uh, used with the story necklaces, what about rings? And he says, well, it depends. Is this a ring for a lovely lady, or is this a ring for a gentleman looking to prove he has tasted many fine wines in his life? It is a ring for a gentleman. Oh. Well, with that, yes, I have plenty of gold rings. And he pulls out, after shuffling around underneath the counter, he pulls out a small wooden box with a lock on it. You hear some shuffling around of keys, and he plops it up on the counter. The half-orc walks in with the dogs, and they're like five feet behind you, blocking the doorway out. And he pulls open the lid on the box, and there's probably like... 15 wedding bands inside of here, as well as a series of other small rings with small gemstones encrusted in there. The overall value inside the box looks like it's between anywhere between like 25 gold pieces a piece all the way up to like some 200, 250 gold piece ones. I'm about to blow all my money on a ring. I think so. You, well, you are? I do have 25 gold. Okay. And so with that, he uh, holds up one of the gold rings that looks like it would probably fit on you, but it looks like it would probably fit on your pinky. And you can see a couple of small etchings on the side of it, like a couple like thin lines across it. And he says, you want a story? I've got a story for you. This ring belonged to a certain man who could not keep, well, let's say the snakes in the bog, as it were. He ended up in an old gun, some sort of a fight at the brothel. And his wife came in with a series of weapons and slashed at him. And the, well, the ring was one of the things she brought back to start a life somewhere else new. The slashes on there are the last things we can remember from her last marriage-based uh, I guess you could say discussion. Very nice, very nice. Was the ring okay? It's just like a band. Yeah, it's just a gold band with a couple scratches on it from some sort of like metal. There's a little flex of like uh, steel in there where you can see some marks. From like my point of view, does this look like just a piece of shit? No, it's a genuine band. It's just he's charging you a little bit more for a damaged ring than you'd expect. So I say, what's the going price for this one? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. I don't know if I would like to go with 25. Maybe along the lines of 20. And so with that, he looks at you with a cunning look and he says, Well, a man who comes in here to buy a wedding band without a wife, I guess he's a man with interesting tastes and humors. 20 it is. I'll 
wedding band? Yeah, it's just a simple gold ring. <laughs> I, I want a ring with a story. I won't listen to the story. I heard the story. I didn't think of that. He's like, I didn't know I was picking that ring. I'm so that glad we were dumb. against going into a village to fight some bandits so we could have Greg roleplay out by a ring he's not even going to pay attention to. I'm, and I'm perhaps looking for a trade. Do you I, have any hammers? And so with that, he lifts an eyebrow and he says, I mean, I have plenty of, of weapons. He says, a hammer? I pull out the dagger with the ruby. And so with that, he, his eyes light up really quickly and he says, Something, a, something of a fair trade. And he says, fair trade for this. He says, I... They have anything. Huh. It's a plus one weapon, dude. Yeah, and so with that, he says, I could pay you cash. I could give you gemstones to, to do this. He says, but... Unfortunately, I, I really don't have much else I could trade for that in the category of weapons. What would you he says, well, I, I could make something of a trade, and since we're all friends here, and you seem to be of, of good sort, he says, how about I trade you something of mine? And you see he looks at this dagger, and he's got, like, very illuminated eyes over this. So he grabs, uh, he goes off into the other room, opening the door, locking it, unlocking it, coming back out. So when he's walking away, down. I say to him, try to get the ring in on the deal. No. <laughs> so he plants, Not even one. <laughs> he plants the, uh, the, the sword with scabbard on the table, and it looks to be a short sword, and he pulls it out of the, out of the, um, out of the scabbard, and you can, I mean, out of the sheath, and you can see that there's, like, a hollow line in the middle of it that almost kind of, like, makes it... You know how, like, potato peelers have the empty line in the middle of them? Mm. It's kind of like that sort of deal. And at the top, it forks out into two small pointed blades as well. And he says, this thing, he says, this is a powerful weapon indeed. He says, magical as well? It's said that this belonged to something of a Myrmidon himself, something of a, a caged gladiator sort of fighter. And somehow it's found its way into my hands, and I always hold this as a bit of a story of my own lineage as a traitor, for I opened a few businesses just by trading this around and let's say getting it back. So, perhaps it'll bring you some sort of luck. Sounds like a fair trade to you? It's really only in the market for a hammer, for a friend. Ah! Sorry about that. He looks a bit wounded by this, and he says, But if you ever ah. come across one, look me up. Yep, I'll be sure to. And I, so with that, I, he... I say to him, I said, if you were to appraise this dagger coin, what would it be? Well, praising is going to cost you money, sir. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck that. So, I, buy, I do buy the ring. I put the 20 gold down so that the man behind me can see it. Yeah, no, he's, he's paying close okay. attention. And now okay. I slip my ring off. Very my good. dogs. Okay, so then everybody so then everybody grabs their uh, grabs their stuff, and you guys leave. And I walk out admiring my new ring and twirling my mustache. Pinky ring? My new pinky ring, Laden. Yeah, I don't know. Make it a toe ring. Really class it up. <laughs> you got a tramp stamp while you're at it. I put the dagger back in my Just bag. get the word family and elvish on your back. <laughs> right across your shoulder. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Live, um, laugh, love. The classic dwarven saying. What was it? Whole piece here. Yeah, okay. So anyway, um... And so you all go back over to the, uh, back to the inn, and you guys spend the night. Well, was there anything it, else you wanted to do? Was there uh, other places in the town you might find that man? Not in this town. Not in this, this town. town. No. So okay. it's time to stay. Is Elmo still here? Yeah, Elmo's been at the bar. He's just been kind of hanging out. He's drunk, and he's kind of like in a stupor. You said there was a blacksmith, a general good, pawn shop, Fletcher. Did I miss? 
Yeah, I mean, there's other businesses too, but that's just what the lady told you. Oh, okay. Is there any kind of magic place? Like, people that do magic things? Um, no, you're pretty much only going to be able to get that from either Burn, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who'd probably do that to anybody who's not, like, a novice in the craft, mm -hmm. and the only other place would be at the pawn shop. Okay. With that. Okay. So, you guys head back to the inn? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you spend the night? Okay, so Dink Dink wakes up with a headache, but nothing more than that. Um, that man in black is still there in the morning, and he seems to be at uh, during breakfast. If you guys are going to be eating a nice breakfast here, they have uh, big thick slabs of ham and bacon, and they've got uh, quite a quite a mess of toast and some eggs all tossed about. But it seems like if you guys would like to drop off a gold piece, you guys can help yourselves to some breakfast. Is there like a sink anywhere that I can? <laughs> Dink Dink would like to get two more drink drinks in like the mugs that were the beer from last night, but he wants to fill them with water and not with beer. And he wants to go waddle over to the guy that he drank with last night and like pop it down in front of him like a ha ha! Oh, this is how Dink Dink does. Yep. <laughs> so that, um, the uh... Wait, shit, really? No. <laughs> yeah, Greg's in on it. <laughs> I'm like, wait. It's not the plan the whole time. I mean, Alright, Pink Pink, so Mr. Dink Dink. So like, the barmaid... I, I believe I still have Ding Ding's weapon in my bag as well. <laughs> you have my small hammer, right? Not my war whatever hammer. You, whatever you were wagering. Ding Ding with. Ding Ding, ding is ding. a monk monk. You don't need no weapon. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah, Ding Ding approaches with some water from the innkeeper and plops him down on the counter. And the man looks inside there. He sees the water. And he sniffs it a couple times. He says, this ain't beer. Ding Ding doesn't have an hammer with which to Ding Ding, so he's going to just like thud against his shield, I guess. So he looks down at the dwarf, lifts an eyebrow, and he shoves the mug back, and he says, piss off. Alright, then Dink Dink will leave. <laughs> <laughs> Got the message. Okay, and so somebody popped down the gold piece for the yeah, party to it. eat. Okay, so the party eats a hearty breakfast, and they're free to travel as they wish. Would you like to travel on the road to the village of Nolb? Yeah. Okay. So what's the overall marching order of the party at this point? Because we've got eight people going, unless you're, unless Golo's not, or no, everybody's going. Golo is. He, he was just staying behind to take care of things. Fair Making enough. Sure that he didn't so wasn't like left alone. Then, yeah. You know. So as we travel down the road, uh, down the road, at this time of year, I'm going to say it's about like late summer, heading into fall, a couple weeks before fall. And so it's pretty yeah, warm out. Start of February. Oh my lord! <laughs> um, and so <laughs> that the parte is able to. Dink Dink will be very happy. Give me their marching order. So who's in the front? What do we got? I feel like Ricky would be more towards the front, just to be excited to bash the skulls. Okay, that's one. Yeah, Versal and Cynthia are probably gonna take up front positions. Um, like in a trio in a line with you three. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, he's going to find himself somewhere nice in the middle where he can feel safe, just admire his ring and curl his mustache. Ricky's a human barbarian, right? Ricky's a fighter. Ricky's a fighter? Yeah. And then you had a barbarian, just so you know. Okay. And then, uh, then we'll put, um, yeah, we'll put the halfling behind them. Okay, so who else we got? Uh, probably, if you're okay with this, another line of three of Golo, Willie, and Dink Dink. Golo, Willy, and Ding Ding. You know, <laughs> it's only in a game like this that we can really... Yeah. Well, he feels pretty good right now that he's got security in the front and the back just so we can admire his new ring and curl his mustache and not to worry. Ding Ding is just like kind of like bouncing with each step. Like he's like just excited to be going on He's going to make himself throw up. <laughs> <laughs> and where is uh, Llewellyn? Llewellyn is like in a happy middle between the two of them because he doesn't want to be in the back. 
but he's also so with, with so in the middle a square with an empty slot in the mid, probably. Or we could do it. Yeah, we could do something close to that. Because Llewellyn's not going to be with the people middle. who are barging in right off the bat. He's going to be part of the Trixie group. Very good, the Trixie group indeed. Okay. Um. Okay, so you guys are good to go. So in that case, uh, you guys start heading down the wooded trail. Um, and as you guys are heading down this path, <clears throat> do we have, we have no ranger in the party and we have nobody with supernatural senses. So the party is heading down the road and as they're heading past all these trees that are in their late stages of green leaves and heading off into the various shades of yellows and oranges and reds and browns, it seems like this is sort of the last stand for the green of the trees. But as you guys are traveling through this deciduous forest and passing over small bumps in the road on a relatively well-trodden path, there is a fork in the road up ahead, and it seems to lead one of two directions. Either it heads more northern, more northern eastern, or one of them heads more southeastern. The southeastern path looks like it's a lot less well-traveled, and the one heading northeast looks like it's a lot more traveled. Which way is the party going to go? I don't remember what direction north was in other than north. Which one seems more south? The one on the right that looks well, like not traveled at all. So Ricky just, just aggressively goes... Hmm? Points in the direction that's less traveled. The road less traveled often yields the, uh, I don't know, something clever. I do want it known to think also that, like, I mean, the Moat House was the one that was listed as being more southeastern. So, yeah, so the Moat House would be, so it really speaks up from the back. Just before Ricky Leahy derails the entire yeah, party and heads to the Moat House. <laughs> South is towards the mole house. We probably want to go to town first. So Ricky puts <laughs> up his hand as in to find a sense of direction. Puts it down and goes, Okay. <laughs> Ricky Leahy, everybody. He says his one line of the game. <laughs> he tries to derail the party. He's the spy. Um, okay. But as the party's heading down the northern heading trail, uh, you guys up ahead, um, everybody in the group hears a single twig snap. And you guys can hear a single rustle in the bushes up ahead and to the right. Ricky Leahy Cynthia loudly that. announces out, Step forward, knave, and challenge me. Willie's going to hit Golo, and they're both going to ready their bows. Okay. Ricky grunts aggressively like, and pulls out his flail. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Llewellyn ain't going to pull out shit. And Willie okay. sighs <laughs> as he stops looking at his ring and pulls out his bow. And so with that, the, uh, the man at the end of the uh, street pops out from the bushes, and he seems to be a guy wearing some regal-looking attire. He looks like he's wearing nice clothing, but he pops out and he says, Whoa, 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 whoa. He says, Hey, guys, listen, you don't need to go pulling out weapons. Look, I'm here working with security on this road, okay? I was hired myself by Rufus and Burton to help out. He says, We're here watching the road from all those bandits that are walking around out here. Willie shouts up, How much did they pay you for it? They didn't pay me anything. We're doing this out of the goodness of our hearts. Now please, lower your weapons. We can all be friends here. As well be speak, low, low is, lowers his bow. Wellby speaks from the back, oh, no. saying, From the judgment of my ring, sometimes you can't always trust somebody. God damn it, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a nardy for that, Greg. I'll give you a nardy for that. Um, and so with that, he puts his hands on his hips and he says, Well, in this case, you can trust me. Okay, listen. I've got a few of my men hanging out in the bushes, and we're making sure no bandits come into town. We've been doing pretty good lately, and we don't need any trouble out here. Just go ahead, go on through, okay? You've heard there's already bandits in town. Perhaps, but we're preventing more of them from coming in. So Why please. not help get rid of what's there? 
because we're preventing them from coming. Why am I having this argument with you? And he says, if you're trying to help the town, if you're coming, why are you even heading this direction anyway? How do we know you aren't bandits? Where are you headed, Nolb? Ricky takes an aggressive step forward. And, uh, <laughs> why did neither Rufus or Byrne mention anything about having men posted on the road? Did they tell you everything that they've been up to? Yeah. They did? They made it clear what their options and stances were. See, I hate not having sense motive right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that, you said he was a well-dressed man? Relatively. Like, he looks like he's wearing the clothing of somebody who has and like what, a, a what desk job. What do you do when you're not uh, offering up your time and such out of the goodness of your heart? He says, well, I'm a fisherman by trade, but uh, I was lucky not too long ago and I came across a small bit of wealth. And, uh, so that, I, I mean, so I mean to take it that you're from Nolb, then, as a fisherman? Indeed I am. Uh, t- notor- a town notoriously known for banditry? I mean, I guess so. Where are you all from? Perhaps I could claim no, the banditry. Or <laughs> <laughs> from Nanya. Nanya. Um, all right, Greg, stop pushing it. My name is just send out like five little kid things waiting for him to pick one of them yeah. to tell him, yeah, right? Like, my nuts, it's none of your business. Can Llewellyn ask him if he's seen a Doran come by? Because I'm imagining if a Doran went to Nob all the time to get with ladies and this guy guards the path to Nob, he probably would know. And so, with that, um, as you ask about it, he says, What do you look like? Oh, short, bald, looks like a garbage can. Real nice necklace. I'm sure you would have noticed. He he kind of is a step back by that comment. He says, wait. Uh, no, I haven't seen him, but some people have been looking for him back in Nolb, too. Apparently, he's a bit of a thief. He's a thief. Can Willie scope their necks for a necklace? <laughs> I'm going to do a neck scoping check. <laughs> yep. And so with that, yeah, no, none of them are wearing... Well, he's not wearing a necklace. There's only one guy that you and can And yeah, see. why don't you bring out the rest of your men? It just seems odd that you said there were some and they haven't revealed themselves. He says, well, we're all in very good hiding spots and many of them in their trees. You are not in good hiding spots at all. We spotted you almost immediately. I stepped out. <laughs> we heard you. Fair. As I was stepping out to come greet you. I... Willie's going to check behind the party to see if there's anyone kind of hidden back there. Sure. So as you look around behind you guys and start scoping around in the trees, you can see that there are indeed about three bandits up in the trees dangling. They have bows at the ready and they seem to be wearing leather garb. And these guys, the only reason why I'm labeling them as bandits is because like they're as cliche banditry as it gets. Like these guys don't look like upstanding citizens. Guys, he's gonna. He said they're bandits. <laughs> so now we gotta live with it. Yeah, yeah well, he's gonna kind of let the party know quietly. What do you I do? think we got trouble behind us, too, folks. Well, well dressed fisherman <laughs> who kindly guards the road. Uh, if you won't bring your friends forward, maybe they'll come out with a little pressure, and Cynthia's gonna start walking towards him. Okay. And, and Ricky also step by step with them. Okay. And so with that, the man pulls out a short sword and a group of three more bandits come rushing off from the sides out to the middle of the road. And that's where we're going to end it for this episode. Hey everybody, it's the Young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. 
as always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dungeonous. Thanks.